When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show. I'm in the middle of a live 2019 Fantasy Football Expert League draft. I was given the 1.02 pick out of the hat, and I took Saquon Barkley. But somehow, I own both Barkley and Zeke Elliott. How in the hell did I do that? Let's find out. Let's start off with the exciting stuff and let me show you my team that I have through seven rounds. You're probably asking yourself, how in the hell did you get that team through trading? Trading that I train people how to do at sleeperu.com. Not everything is as easy as it sounds. Some of the advice you give people in terms of like trading techniques is obvious stuff, but it's your approach. It's how you go about certain things that make trades like that work. What I ended up doing was again, I got the 1.02 pick. I didn't touch that pick. I took Saquon Barkley with it. And then I traded my 2.11 and my 4.11 for Zeke Elliott, who had already been drafted. And I hadn't used my 2.11 or my 4.11 yet. So trading just the two picks, I got his last pick in the draft, I think. Essentially, it was a two for one. And I talk about how to pull this off. Part of the, the strategy, I'll give you one small tip, but it is more than just this. But one of the tricks you do is you offer a straight up like two for one. In leagues where you have to trade an even number of picks back and forth, you can accomplish the same effect by asking for the last pick in the draft by the, the other owner. But one part, and it's just a part of the concept here, is you're giving like an extra pick. If you ask somebody to trade down one pick and move one pick up, these kinds of trades don't grab the attention of people all that much. But when you offer someone an extra pick entirely, like a fourth rounder, to move that 2.11 up to Zeke Elliott, it makes it more enticing. So there's a lot more that goes into it. Please get on over to sleeperu.com if you want more training and advice on how to make trades and how to make awesome trades that can win you your league in your draft before the draft is even through the first couple of rounds. Now, I haven't wrapped this up. I mean, anybody can get hurt. If any one of my top running backs go down, I'll be in trouble. But this is a great start. Let's get into the draft. It's a PPR draft, just to give you a little history behind it. 12 total expert sites are in this draft. Most of them are Instagram influencers, but we do have some pretty big name fantasy football content sites in the draft. It's a redraft league, a yearly league draft. There's no keeper dynasty aspects to it. I got 1.02 in the draft, then reverse uh, snake style. I got 2.11, then back to 3.02, then 4.11, and so forth. So again, keeping in mind that I actually got Zeke Elliott, and I didn't make the 2.11 pick or the 4.11 pick because I traded those picks. Let's go through the first round. Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke Elliott. You can't, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on this. You can't really argue that any one of those guys isn't warranted at the 1.01. They all are. My quick take on it. Alvin Kamara has almost no red flags, so I would have taken him at 1.02 had he fallen because he is my true 1.01. I'm not worried about Murray. You don't want Kamara getting more than 210 carries, so that's a laughable argument that he's going to be sharing workload. Kamara could pull in 90 to 100 passes in 2019. 
I'm not worried about him sharing carries in between the tackles. In fact, it will keep him healthy and more efficient. His only two years in the league, he averaged over 1,500 total yards, over 13 TDs, 81 receptions in each of his two years. He's the definition of consistency. I love Alvin Kamara at 1.01. I worry about the Giants offense, but not enough to pass on Zeke at 1.02 and not enough to call him any sort of risk. I just think Kamara is safer. McCaffrey gaining weight concerns me a little bit. Not enough to drop him out of the top four. And he's still definitely 1.01 worthy in PPR. But I hope that the added weight doesn't slow him down or lead to injury because he's carrying more weight when he's taking those abusive hits. Zeke Elliott could be looking at a suspension. He might not be. You either believe he's going to get suspended or you don't. There aren't a lot of people in the middle on that. The honest truth is nobody knows what the NFL will do. They don't need evidence. Even if there's no charges, no arrest, it doesn't matter. The NFL, if they feel like they've been put in a bad light, they will take action. So one to two games is possible. I'm hoping not. But again, these top four running backs are locked and loaded in the top four. All of them are 1.01 capable. None of them have major question marks at all. I'm not calling a single one of them a big risk, but Kamara is my 1.01 and you know why. I like David Johnson at 1.05. I think it's a little early because you can get him later, but if there was no time to trade, I can understand somebody reaching a little bit if they want to make him the fifth overall player. Le'Veon Bell is a little high at 1.06. Le'Veon Bell has less risk at the 9 to 12 range, but he could earn this value. I just think Gordon and Hopkins were probably better choices. Melvin Gordon's deserving of the 1.05, so he's not bad value at all at 1.07. Same thing for DeAndre Hopkins at 1.08. I think Hopkins could pull in 100 balls, have 12 to 14 TDs in 2019. Houston's going to take a step forward in 2019, and it will have everything to do with Watson to Hopkins. Juju was a little high, but he could earn that value. And Todd Gurley at 1.10, I think you know how I feel about that. I wouldn't touch him in the top 25. And yeah, you can say, what if you handcuff him? Well, guess what happened? I stepped in and took Daryl Henderson. You'll see that in a minute. I've said it since January. The biggest bust of 2019 is Todd Gurley, and people are still believing in him enough to take him in the top 10, let alone the top 15. Huge mistake. Watch my Todd Gurley videos. I'll put a couple links in the description. The Todd Gurley everybody's come to know and draft and count on is gone. Given Devontae Adams could be arguably the top wide receiver in 2019, he's pretty much almost a steal at 1.11. Hard to say about a first rounder, but the honest truth is if you can score two, three, four, or five spots ahead of where you're getting drafted, to some degree you are considered a steal. Same thing for Mike Thomas at 1.12. I really like the bookend picks in 2019, whether it's 12 and 13 or 11 and 14. You can really land two elite wide receivers. And I think any of those wide receivers in that range that you're going to get two of, any one of them could finish as the number one wide receiver in 2019. That's when you know you need to switch over to wide receivers and take the best player available. If you're still looking at, hey, this player could technically lead all players at his position in 2019 scoring. That's why I love best player available so much. And I don't concern myself with, oh, do I have a hole here? Do I have a hole here? Drafting sleeper players is what will take care of that. And if you can't fill holes using your sleepers and your bench and your depth, then you probably don't deserve to win anyways. Me, I'll take best player available all day long. And when you're looking at running backs at this range of 10 to 14, and when you at best are looking at a running back that's like number six, number seven, number eight, versus maybe getting the top wide receiver in all of 2019, maybe getting two wide receivers that both could be number one and number two, that's when you switch gears and you go wide receiver, wide receiver, because the upside is much, much greater. So Adams, Thomas, Julio, even Antonio Brown down below that, I don't mind stacking my team where I have two of those guys 
with back-to-back picks or close to back-to-back picks in 2019 drafts. So staying in order, Dalvin Cook at 2.01, a little high, but easily worth that pick. He can outscore that draft position by a good five, seven spots. So that's not really a reach. He has top five to seven overall value. Is there injury risk? Absolutely. But given he has top five overall value, he still is being bought a little bit lower with some risk factor kind of package into that value. Julio's great at 2.02. Pat Mahomes is really high at 2.03, not because he can't earn that. You'll find nobody that's supporting Pat Mahomes more than I am in 2019. He was my number one bull prediction for 2018. I was called absolutely crazy last year for calling him a top one to five QB heading into 2018. My biggest call, my biggest land probably in the last five, 10 years. So I'm a huge fan, but I'm getting ridiculed for taking him almost every time at the top of the third or at the very tail end of the second. So that tells me that you can get him later nine times out of 10. Now, I know if you're in a league where QBs go high, this might not apply to you, but understand that you have a league that's different than the rest of the fantasy world. The rest of the fantasy world has his ADP coming in about 3.02 to 3.08. So if he does go early in your draft, you just can't really relate your league to to most leagues because he is going later, ADP data being the proof. Now we can trade in this league, so taking him that high feels like kind of a mistake because you could have traded down and still got him at least to a certain degree because I would have snagged him. So in a way, I'm going to give this pick props for having the guts and balls to take a guy that I think could easily outscore even this value. But in general, my advice to you is wait till the tail end of the second round or the top of the third. And I would have taken Pat Mahomes in a heartbeat at 2.11, but I ended up trading that pick. I would have grabbed him without hesitation at 3.02. And I really wish I would have got him. Argue waiting on a QB all you want. That approach works as well. But I'll argue until the end of time, if you firmly believe a QB can score 45 TDs, they're worth a late second rounder every single time. You can debate it with me all you want. I've gone over and over this in a lot of videos. So look back if you you feel like, why would I take a QB early? What is he talking about? There's rhyme and reason to it. And the arguments are there for both sides. That's all I'm saying. If you do well drafting a QB late, if that's your thing, the best way you build your team, by all means, wait. But for those of you that like drafting QBs early and you feel like you build a better team that way, don't listen to the peer pressure that if you grab a QB early, it's a recipe for losing. It's not. Pat Mahomes can win you a league in late second round value. Again, this is just a little bit high. Kelsey at 2.04. On paper, it makes sense. He he very much deserves a second round grade. But as you'll see from the roster in this league, I don't like the look of the team. I feel like if you take a, a tight end in the second round, you walk out of the draft not liking the balance of your team. I just refuse to take Kelsey or any tight end in the second round. And Kittle going in the third round is one reason why, because I think Kittle, as I'll talk about when we get to his pick, he easily could be the number one tight end in 2019. Him in the third round is an absolute steal, and it leaves your team looking pretty darn good and balanced when you wait and draft him in the third versus drafting Kelsey in the second. Antonio Brown's great value at 2.05. Anywhere from 2.05 to, to the top of the third, Antonio Brown could crush that ADP. The risk is built into that value. Doubt him, call him a diva, call him what you want, but risk is already packaged into that value. Same thing with Odell Beckham Jr. Adam Thielen at 2.07, I don't like at all. I probably, you could call me crazy, but I probably wouldn't take him anywhere near the top 25. They're gonna run more in 2019. He vanished at the end of the year last year when they were deploying a test run of the offense they are using in 2019. It's all going through Dalvin Cook, 
Will he be okay? Yeah, but he's not worth a second rounder. Mike Evans at 2.08 is great value. James Connors okay at 2.09. He is a bust candidate for sure in the first round. I talked about it all offseason saying if you draft James Connor in the first round, you're going to you're going to have one of the biggest disappointments of all of 2019. The Steelers came out just recently talking about using multiple backs and now his ADP's falling. This is about where you would want it. I'm still going to take maybe a couple players over him at this spot like Nick Chubb for example or Patrick Mahomes had he fallen but this is getting more acceptable this is where I predicted that his value would fall as soon as any news came out at all talking about a running back by committee of any kind and look where he is he's nowhere near top 7 to 10 overall anymore that news definitely bumped him down Joe Mixon was also getting taken really really high but he seems to be falling into a range that, you know, is more acceptable. I love Nick Chubb at 2.11, especially if you firmly commit to taking Kareem Hunt. And you got to reach a bit to get him. Don't take Kareem Hunt right at his ADP because if you miss out on him, you miss out on locking in that top 5 to 10 running back appeal that you get with both of them. Nick Chubb without Hunt, that's more like third round value to me because I do fear... Chubb will miss games with his injury history and his aggressive style of running. But if you have Chubb and Hunt together, you have top 5-10 to 10 running back appeal, and I love the combo. Diggs is too high at 2.12. That's extremely high. Fournette at 3.01 I do not like at all. He was my biggest bust candidate of 2019. He's done nothing in the offseason but disappoint me further, so he's not going to climb my board at all. Now, here's my pick at 3.02. So I have Saquon Barkley and Zeke Elliott at this point. I traded my 2.11 and my 4.11, so I don't have a fourth round pick down below. With this pick, I struggle between Kittle and Damian Williams. We start two running backs, three wide receivers, one flex, and one tight end. So Damian Williams was my pick because I think he has top five to 10 running back appeal. Out of all the players in this range right here, the players that are left, I felt like Williams was the only running back or wide receiver that still had potential top five running back value. Now it's important to cuff him because there is some risk with Damian Williams but not really at 3.02. If I can cuff him to Darwin, some people say Hyde. I'm going to say Darwin Thompson. The combo together feels like an absolute lock for top 5 to 10 running back numbers. I do like Kittle here. Again, I struggled really hard with which player to pick. In hindsight, part of me wishes I did have Kittle, but I'm so excited about Damian Williams. The other part of me is like, you know what? I'm going to have the best running back crew. I already had the best running crew when I had Barkley and Zeke Elliott alone. But adding in Damian Williams, I arguably have three top five running backs in 2019, in my book at least. Cooper's okay value at number three in the third round. Keenan Allen, same thing. Derrick Henry has nice appeal at 3.05. There's some risk, but he also has top 10 running back upside. Hilton's about right at 3.06. Aaron Jones about right at 3.07. And I really like that pick because I think he could be a home run type player type selection in 2019 top 10 running back appeal he's healthy he's fit injury's always been the concern but if he's more in shape and ready to go and focused this might be the year that he drops some big big time numbers aj green's decent value at number 32 overall Tariq cohen is a risk as your third drafted player now that montgomery's in chicago i like cohen but as your third drafted player Ertz is pretty good at 3.10 but i have kittle higher call it preference call it what you want jacobs Decent value at 3.11, but I do have my concerns about him lasting the entire year. His biggest year in college, 650 yards rushing in one year. Not a big track record. It's hard for me to imagine him staying healthy and not hitting a rookie wall with that kind of lack of resume. Montgomery, I like better than Jacobs. He's a great pick at 3.12. Kittle was an absolute steal at 4.01. I tried to trade other picks up to get Kittle 
so that I could have Williams and Kittle, but I was unable to pull off yet another huge trade to try and make that work. Michelle at 4.03 is kind of a risk in my opinion. I think Harris is the better pick because he costs you absolutely zero, probably double digit round value in a redraft. Very underrated even in Dynasty. I'd rather take the risk on Harris really late then spend a high pick like 4.03 on Michelle. Max pretty good at 4.04. He's got risk, but a lot of upside makes sense. Ingram, he could earn that 4.05, but it feels about right. Cooks is okay at 4.06, nothing crazy. I like Freeman a lot at 4.07. I think Freeman's very undervalued right now. All of the risk is accounted for at that value, guys. He could be a top 10 running back. There are a lot of guys in here. I've named a lot of potential top 10 running backs. Not everybody can finish in the top 10. But these guys all have that potential. And at fourth round value, you can't go wrong with Devonta Freeman. Cuff him to Ito Smith. Ito is not the most amazing back, but having both of them together, both of them can pull in passes. I mean, Freeman Freeman's not going to rush for much over 1,000 if he ever even hits 1,000 yards. He might have 900 yards rushing, but he's going to pull in a lot of passes, be heavily involved in the receiving game, and, and have a bunch of combined yards and some good touchdown numbers and a lot of receptions. So I like Freeman a lot if he can stay healthy, but not staying healthy is accounted for at 4.07. Robert Woods has low-end wide receiver one upside, so I do like the pick here. I don't understand... Julian Edelman's value. He's going so high. Some people have him in the top 10 of their wide receiver rankings. I think Adam ranked it. I probably wouldn't touch Edelman in the top five rounds. So I don't know why people are taking him in the fourth round. I personally don't think Lockett's going to earn the fourth round value here, but we'll see if he moves to the slot. He might be okay. James White feels a little high. Kenny Galladay, I like a lot. I think he'll be a potential low-end wide receiver one for a big part of the year maybe he finishes the year as a high wide receiver two with more upside heading into next year but i do like him a lot he was on my bold predictions list last year okay so i'm just going to show you round five and round six and round seven but in a nutshell i love calvin ridley he went a little high i would have considered him instead of aaron Rodgers because i think ridley could have a huge monster year and be the juju smith schuster we're talking about heading into 2020 that's how good of a year I think he'll have in 2019. I took A-Rod. I love the pick. I'm a firm believer in having a QB you believe can score 40 to 45 TDs. I think that Baker Mayfield, Aaron Rodgers, and especially Pat Mahomes have that upside. So I want to own one of those guys in almost every league I do. I think it's a cornerstone of the way I build, the way that I build best. And everybody can take their own approach and wait on a QB, do whatever me i win championship after championship using this approach so it works for me do it works for you i'm not telling you taking a qb early is the only approach i'm just telling you that people telling you it's the wrong approach that's wrong there are lots of ways to win do what works for you so looking at the rest of the fifth round nothing crazy i myself don't like carson i myself I'm not a huge fan of Cooper Cup, given the value. I know a lot of people will disagree with me on that. The most controversial part of the later half of this draft so far has been me taking Daryl Henderson at 6.02, given that he's not even yet the starter. And I already have Elliott, Barkley, and Damian. So I can't even use Henderson yet. But So here's my logic here, and I hope this helps somebody that might be on the fence about doing something bold when the downside's very little, but the upside's huge. All of the players that are available in this range, besides maybe Lindsey, who I did actually consider a little bit, and Tyler Boyd, none of these guys are difference makers that can win you a league, in my opinion. They're good. I need a wide receiver. At this point in the draft, I had zero wide receivers. Logic says you take a wide receiver. Fantasy worlds everywhere would say you take a wide receiver. That's not how I think. I always draft best player available. And the, the wide receivers I could get down the way 
or close enough to the guys in this range. Even Boyd, who I like a lot, but Boyd and the wide receivers here are so close to the wide receivers, in my mind at least, down the way. The only player here that screams, I can win you your league if I land, is Daryl Henderson. It takes balls to not draft a wide receiver in this situation. The peer pressure gets big, the ridicule gets bigger, but block out the noise, focus on the goal, and trust your gut. My gut says Daryl Henderson is going to explode and light the league on fire. Would I regret later on going, oh, but I got a Robbie Anderson, or I got Tyler Boyd, or I took a Corey Davis, or I took an OJ Howard, who I like a lot, he would have been a good tight end here. But Henderson, in my mind, can win a league. He will open up so many doors to me via trade, and I might not even trade him. I would probably trade Damian Williams. Or maybe I get hit with injury, and this saves my season. The other point I want to make is that if you have a hole, let's say you don't have a good wide receiver three or your running back two is weak, don't make a bad trade trying to solve your problem before week one. Remember that even if week one takes place, you still have the rest of the year to fix the problem. If you have a player like Daryl Henderson in waiting, let's say you have weeks one and two where you're playing a guy that's not scoring you a lot of points. If you trust your gut instinct and you feel like you've evaluated a player effectively and you and you feel strongly that that player is going to come around and get you something later via trade or put you in a position to really turn the tables on everybody else, wait. If you fear you're making a bad move or if you fear you could be making a bad move, the best move is to do nothing. Don't try and fix all your problems before week one. If you draft it a certain way that's unbalanced, trust the process. Trust the sleepers that are on your bench to come through even if it is week two or week three. Don't panic. Don't have a knee-jerk reaction. Trust your sleepers. Trust me. Trust sleeper you. Subscribe. Follow. Get some and buckle up. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show.